aliens are often portrayed as far more intelligent than life here on planet Earth. But what happens when a group of extraterrestrials encounter bad weather? And then grab your PJs, take some melatonin, and fall fast asleep. We're headed to the world of Dreamland, where all your dreams come true, whether you like it or not. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun, whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we got to get through this episode fast. Walking into Dead... No. Driving into Dead Rabbit Command and a Dodge Charger doing donuts. Totally, totally wrecking all the other vehicles. Driving into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter... Cosmic Koala. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Yes! Yeah, drive, 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 drive. Cosmic's driving even faster. I saw it. I saw. I saw. Jason, <laughs> we, we really don't care about your review of Fast X. I saw it. I saw it last night. Fast X, the family saga continues. I enjoyed it. That's pretty much my review. I enjoyed it because, listen, there's two types of people. <laughs> in the world people who enjoy fast and the furious movies and the people who are a quarter mile behind so that's fast x man it was i won't say it's great (laughs) i'm not gonna pump it up that much but i really enjoyed it it ended on a cliffhanger i don't know how the gang will get out of the predicament i mean it literally just ends (laughs) there's no ending it just ends you're like huh what it ends halfway through a movie's Normal third act. It just ends. (laughs) Okay, you got my money for the next movie because I got to find out. Will they survive? (laughs) Jason, yes, they'll survive. They always survive. Characters get shot in the head at close range. Then they're back in the next movie and they're like, he missed. He just just shot the left side of my brain. It takes the right side of my brain to drive a car. Speaking of cars, speaking of driving, Cosmic Koala who's probably super embarrassed there in the Fast and the Furious episode. Cosmic Koala, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the souped-up Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command, firing on all cylinders. Take us all the way out to Texas. And then you hit the Nas. Car blows up. That was the sound of Nas being injected into a 1920s Chitty Chitty Bing Bing car. We were all killed instantaneously. Specifically, we're headed out to Austin. Our ghosts continue the journey. We're headed out to Austin. It's June 18th, 1998. It's 9 p.m. Storm is raging through the area. They're watching the news and they're like, a storm is raging through the air. People are like, yeah, I already know that. They're flying away. Whoa. They're watching the news as it's getting yanked out of the wall. The storm is raging in the area. Everyone stay in your homes. This storm is doing lots of crazy stuff. Lightning. And I'm pretty sure there's a tornado coming. I just saw a viewer fly by my window watching television as he was getting crushed to death by debris. You, everyone stay in your house. Stay in your house. This huge storm is hitting the area. 
chunks of hail, huge chunks of hail were raining down, and a tornado briefly touched down in Austin, Texas. So it just kind of did that boing and then bounced away. I don't think the sound effect, I think people were just deaf and terrified. They didn't hear the boing. At least it wasn't reported. But anyways, this thunderstorm hits the area. And there are two men. We don't have their actual names. We're going to call them Eddie and Cliff. Say, hey, let's go check out everything that got wiped out. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend lives down the street, and I really hope that tornado destroyed her backyard. Let's go! So they're driving around the area, Austin, Texas, looking at all the damage. They're like, wow, look at that Dairy Queen. That's completely demolished. Wow. Oh, <laughs> the Arby's is untouched. The lights are still on. People are waving from the inside. Employees are like, come and eat our garbage. And they're like, no, thank you. And they're driving through the area, and then they end up taking this back road. They're like, oh, I wonder if the corn, I wonder if the corn got blown away. Let's go down this country road. They're driving down the road, and then all of a sudden, they see a flying saucer. It's just floating there. And the two men, Eddie and Cliff, go, dude, what is that? This one of them flying saucers I heard about on the news. Let's get out of our car. <laughs> Obviously, we don't know much about flying saucers. Like, hey, look, it's alien from another world. Let's get out of our car, the one vehicle that's faster than two humans walking, and walk towards the flying saucer. Because every UFO movie I've ever seen, I shut off after the UFO shows up. I'm sure they're likable guys. Eddie and Cliff get out of the car. They're walking towards the saucer, and then out of nowhere, again, this is kind of like a back road area. But out of nowhere, these two humanoids show up. There's no descriptions given. Generally, that means that they were alien, but they didn't look that far away from what a human looks like. But they're, they're obviously, I mean, they're from the UFO. The two aliens walk up to Eddie and Cliff, and one of the aliens go, What was, what was that? What, what was that? And Eddie and Cliff are like, are you doing the flying saucer that you guys just came out of? Is that what you're talking about? That's what we have a question about. And the alien goes, no, we, what was that twisting funnel? What was that? That's the exact quote. The alien asked, what was that twisting funnel? What was that? And Eddie looks at Cliff and Cliff looks at Eddie and they go, the tornado? And the aliens go, yeah, what, what's a tornado? What is that? And Eddie and Cliff look at each other and they go, okay, well, um, it's been a while since middle school science, but, well, a tornado is when these certain weather elements are kind of colliding against each other and the wind is like getting mad and stuff like that because he can't figure out who he's going to hang out with. Is he going to be hot air or cold air? And he starts spinning around and they give an actual, they give an actual scientific explanation for what tornadoes are. And the aliens are just kind of like, Sitting there being like, uh, what? Really? <laughs> really? That's how they work? And Eddie and Cliff are like, yeah, you know, they're kind of common. And they kind of go into detail talking about how tornadoes are formed, what happens to them, da-da-da-da-da. The aliens are very intently listening to these two guys. And then the next thing Cliff and Eddie knew, they were flat on their backs, laying on the ground. And they look up and the flying saucer speeds away into the night sky. 
I found this story. I'm thinking about it. Docs.com. They got it from a website. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of these websites aren't around anymore. EBE Online, which is Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. That's what EBE means. I couldn't find that source existing anymore. But it's so funny. I, I was going to do this story next season, and I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. Aliens sometimes are dumb. Now, to be fair, I don't know how tornadoes work either. But I'm also not flying around in a spaceship that defies the laws of physics. But these aliens were apparently, like, what we can piece together is they were flying through the area and they saw a tornado and they're like, oh my god, whoa, no, look out, whoa! And they're flying around and they had no idea what it was. I'm assuming, just assuming, that these guys on their way to Earth, you know, passed near a couple quasars, saw, I don't know, a black hole, saw, you know, saw something or didn't see it, they just detected it on their gravity meters. I'm sure that to travel to Earth, you see some sights, right? You get to see some pretty cool stuff. I've watched the opening to Voyager. I know that sometimes you want to take a little UFO and fly over the rings of Saturn. But they had no idea what a tornado was. Again, something that we learn in middle school. I don't remember, right? But something we learn in middle school, how a tornado is formed. I'm allowed to not know how a tornado works. I've never been in a tornado. I don't have to worry about tornadoes. So I'm allowed. (laughs) I have a tornado pass. That's what we call them. I have a tornado pass. But if I was... You know, this is interesting. This is the thing with this show. A lot of times I start with a concept. Aliens don't know what a tornado is. Therefore, aliens are dumb. It would be interesting to note, like... A Navy, a a captain on a boat, on a naval vessel, I'm sure, like, if you're going to be, like, in charge of an aircraft carrier, they're like, a Navy captain man, um, you are now in charge of this aircraft carrier. You do know what whirlpools are. He's like, what? And they're like, whirlpools. Where the water's spinning around and then sometimes boats go into it. You know what those are. And the captain's kind of looking side to side. Yeah, I know what those are. And he lied. And then one day there's a big battle taking place and they're like, better send an aircraft carrier over there. Call the captain. And he's like, do-do-do-do-do. He's like, he's steering with a big old pirate wheel, a big wooden wheel. Wee! Airplanes are falling off. Airplanes are steering it the wrong way. Airplanes are ah, going off the top of the deck. Okay, here's my, here's my question. How smart do you have to be to pilot stuff? Maybe. Or how smart do you have to be to be an explorer? Because for our captain... Let's go back to the battleship or the aircraft carrier example. If you don't know what a whirlpool is... You know, it's a, it's an underwater tornado. So imagine this captain's driving his aircraft carrier and he doesn't know what a whirlpool is. And the people are like, Captain, Captain, look out, look out. And he's like... <laughs> he's all staring at it against his pirate wheel again. They're like, quit giving him that stupid pirate wheel. And he doesn't know what a whirlpool is and he goes in it. The whole aircraft carrier gets sucked down and the army's like, we lost that battle because we had a captain who didn't know what a whirlpool is. My point is, is I personally think that if before you go explore something, you (laughs) have to think about it. I'm thinking, I'm saying before you go explore something, you should know everything about it. But wouldn't that be the point of exploring? Maybe this was the first alien to ever see a tornado. And he was like, wow, what? But again, like... 
I would think that out of all the stuff aliens had encountered, they, there's not going to be an alien ship flying from Alpha Centauri, and they're like, here, we're going to go to this planet. It's the third planet in the solar system. And it's coming down, and they're like, hit the brakes, hit the brakes. What are these white, fluffy things around the planet? Is this some sort of shield? Call off the expedition. They got these big, fluffy, white shields floating around, and then they fly away. No. They would go, those are, those are clouds. Like, we come from a planet that also has an atmosphere. Those are clouds. You're going to know certain things about stuff of where you go. And I think the thing with a tornado is different than a conquistador, say, coming over to South America and discovering it for the first time. A conquistador didn't come over and go, oh, my God, what's that giant brown thing with green things on top? And they're like, retreat, retreat, because he saw a tree. Like, they'd seen trees before. Even if he had never seen, like, a jungle tree, he wouldn't, like, walk up to it and be like, welcome us to your land, tree. Do you believe in Christ? No, he would obviously know that this was an inorganic object. There are certain just things that you would know about a place. So the fact that these aliens came down and didn't know what a tornado was, it's just weird, isn't it? It's like, it seems like it would be a common phenomenon because it's just air pressure. I don't know. I actually don't know how tornadoes are formed. I'm glad this was just basically a long rant saying how stupid they were. I can't even be bothered to look it up on Wikipedia. I might have made their UFO spin around a bunch. They're like, ah. They lost like five crew members and they're like, what in the world was that? And they landed and they asked the humans about it. And they took off. I couldn't even be bothered. They're all saluting their dead fellow explorers, shooting their body into space. I can't even be bothered to type tornado into Google to figure it out. It's just weird. I think it's weird when aliens are dumb. Because it does happen, and we assume they're smarter than us. Aliens are about, in this case, are about as smart as a 46-year-old podcaster. And I assume, and I think most people would assume that they're much, much smarter. But it turns out, they, <laughs> turns out based on this one story that came from a website that's no longer functional well it's funny because i this is one of those stories that i could do a little bit of fact checking because they gave a date they gave a precise date so i was able to look up and there was a big storm in that area on that date that involved a tornado that was really cool like we had the records of the storms in that area on a different website like some austin storm watch or something like that there was a big storm in that area that involved a tornado so that's a weird thing that you're able to fact check. Like, that's a detail that 100% is true. On a website that no longer exists, I was able to fact check. There was a big storm and a tornado on that date in that area. So, is this story true? It's an interesting one. Cosmic Koala, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Texas, flying away from the ruins. But they rebuilt. It actually, <laughs> actually didn't destroy much. No one died. We're leaving behind Austin, Texas. Fly us all the way out to the world of dreams. We're floating through dreamland in the carpenter copter, and we see millions of little boys and girls sleeping in their beds made of cotton candy, having gumdrop dreams. We're continuing to fly through dreamland deep inside the human subconscious because... There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in the human brain when the rest of your body's asleep. But, how weird can it get? Can it actually tell you the future? 
You know, it's funny, this first one I'm going to cover was not one of the ones I originally had planned. I recently got an email from one of you guys, a dude going by the name of Absolute Nuisance. Sounds like an affable chap. No, he seems to be a pretty good guy, at least based on the few email exchanges we've had. But Absolute Nuisance, it's so funny. I was getting ready to do this dream story. I had these notes ready to go, and he sent me. I didn't tell him what I was doing. Unless he's sneaking into my dreams, too. He sent me a dream story. And it's funny, because most of you guys know that I absolutely hate... It's not that I hate dreams. It's not like I'm like, get rid of those hopes and desires. It's not that I hate dreams. I just think a lot of times, if someone tells me they had a creepy dream, sure, it was creepy to you because you were in it. It was interesting to you because this guy, absolute nuisance, is like, hey, man, it's sent you my dream. Don't make... Don't talk trash about it. No, I'm saying, like, normally when someone's like, hey, can I tell you about my dream? I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to say, uh, don't. Um, <laughs> when absolute nuisance says, hey, are you still taking stories on dreams? It's so funny because, again, absolute nuisance, you have a cool dream. I'm not trash talking you. But um, he's, I saw that message and I was like, oh, no. I don't know, what is he going to write? Is he just going to tell me about the time that uh, he had a spooky dream? No, he actually gave me a great dream to use for this segment, even though he'll probably never listen to the podcast again. He's like, why'd you make fun of I'm not making fun of your stuff. This is super interesting because the dreams you're about to look at are more than just dreams. Or are they? Are they? I guess that is for you to decide. Absolute Nuisance said there was this time... That he was dating this girl. And he said that he just moved out of his parents' place for the first time. Everything, just life in general, was super stressful. He had a hard time falling asleep. He had a hard time sticking to a sleep schedule. And he goes, in real life, he was also having trouble with his girl at the time. His girlfriend. And he said that, Absolute Nuisance said, you know what, I was getting into the crust punk subculture. So it's not normal punk. There's like a stratus, right? You have pop punk, and I know they hate being called this, but you have pop punk like Green Day, and then you have punk like Rancid, and then you have a, probably a band you've never heard of. I could probably name a bunch of them, because I used to run with crust punk guys. Back in Sacramento, when I was a musician, I wasn't crust punk myself, but I ran with a lot of those guys. It's actually, it's here's a sad little segment. One of my crust punk friends, Adolfo, I guess, recently just passed away. It's interesting. I don't know how he died or what, but it's interesting because, you know, as you hang out with this subculture, these friends, and they're just totally, like, live by their own rules, and it's day-by-day existence. A lot of the crust punk people I knew were homeless. We'd hang out at Starbucks. But um, we all get older. You know what I mean? Like, we we all just kind of did what we wanted to, and nobody could tell us no. I mean, (laughs) they could call the cops. Eventually, Starbucks removed all of their outdoor seating because we were there all the time. So you could do that. But, well, I mean, like, that was 10, 15 years ago. And people just get older and they pass away. I imagine Adolfo, at this point, I mean, he's unfortunately just recently died. They're having a memorial forum at a park that we all used to hang out like that would be the best place to remember adolfo but um i mean he'd he'd be in his mid-30s 
I mean, like he he's not incredibly old, but it's just you know even the subcultures that don't care about the rules, the people grow older and they die. I hope <laughs> that's not a newsflash too. You're like, what? Oh, people get older and then die. Oh no. But yeah, no, I feel really bad. I mean, obviously, if I was still down there, I'd want to go to that memorial. I don't know what happened. And I'm not one of those guys who asks either. I'm not going to be like, hey, you know what happened to Adolfo? Like, you know, that's, it sounds gossipy. Sounds gossipy. But anyways, so crust punk subculture, it's just a grungier, crustier form of punk. Anyways, Absolute Nuisance was into the crust punk culture still is apparently and he was dating this girl and him and this girl were fighting all the time and he says my girl had this kind of teal blue greenish hair color hair dye and he said what happened was we were fighting this would be a common thing i was really stressed out in my life I was kicked out of my house for the first time kicked out of my parents house i'm living alone on i have this dream that i'm in this trailer park Surrounded by trees, there's shade everywhere. It's just a cool day out in this trailer park. And I see in the trailer park, she kind of has her back towards me. And in, and in the dream, I see my, my girlfriend. I see this girl standing there in the trailer park. She's kind of crust funky with teal blue-green hair. And I figure that's my girlfriend. Which would make sense. That's the girl I'm dating now. But I don't recognize this trailer park. Well, what happened was, Absolute Nuisance said, I fight with my girlfriend. My waking hours were stressful. I couldn't even sleep that much. That was stressful. Everything was stressful. Nothing was working right. But then one night I had this dream where I'm standing in a trailer park. And I remember just seeing green everywhere. And he goes, it was just beautiful and green and there was shade. The place felt cool to be in. And I saw, standing in the trailer park, my girlfriend. She's standing there and I can see that she's kind of crust punky herself. And she has this teal hair, this teal green hair, blue hair. Doesn't really, I mean, it's a dream, right? I, mean, I guess if you're fighting with your girlfriend, the last thing you want to do is dream about her. He didn't pay it any mind. What happens was eventually him and his girl break up because that sounded like that was bound to happen as much as they were arguing. What happens is he breaks up with his girlfriend and about six months later, he meets a new girl. And this new girl, he goes, to be honest, <laughs> kind of like the old girl, kind of looks like the old girl. And the fact that they have the same build the same body type, same colored hair. Totally different person, though. And he said a few months after that, you know, we start dating, we're hanging out. I meet this girl. She's much, much better than my ex was. Better to me, better partner for me. He goes, a couple months after that, we ended up moving into my grandma's driveway in a trailer park. He's walking around the trailer park and he realizes he's surrounded by the greenery. He sees the shade cooling down the area. And he's overwhelmed with this crippling sense of deja vu. And he, he, he says, he goes, listen, I'm not a religious person. He says in the Abrahamic sense. Um, but I do practice some pagan beliefs. And he talks about what those entail. And, and he goes, in that moment... 
in that moment when he realized that this was the place in the dream and that the girl that he saw in the dream was not his girlfriend at the time, but his future girlfriend, the girl he was eventually going to end up with, that was who was standing in the trailer park with him. He said when he realized that, he goes, I had a really profound sense of maybe there's something else really pushing something along out there in the universe. Maybe there is something guiding us to places. That's a really interesting prophetic dream. And that's kind of where we're going with these types of dreams. That's why I've selected these ones. And again, I did not tell him I was doing this. To be honest, (laughs) to be honest, I remembered he was emailing me something about a dream and I read it. Minutes before I started recording this segment, I go, hey, that guy on Instagram sent me, was talking to me about sending over dreams. And I thought maybe it will have something to do with this. And it's weird, right? Like it's super weird. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And it's interesting because the dream, I, if, listen, man, I don't know nothing about dreams. I know a lot about, <laughs> I know a lot about the paranormal. I by no means know everything about the paranormal. And when I say a lot, I mean, compared to, an average dude on the street. There are people who know way more about it than I do. But my read on this, my guess would be absolute nuisance was so conflicted in life and where he was at in the moment. The universe was telling him things are going to get better. But what's funny is that it almost kind of tricked him, right? Because it showed him who he thought was his current girlfriend. And I think the universe was trying to let him know that you are going to find peace. And it provided this moment. He's back with his family. He has a safe place to live. And his girl's there. A new girl. The girl that he... that He's still dating her, by the way, so that's working out better than the first one. But that's a good prophetic dream. The <laughs> We'll get into the next two, the two that I actually planned to talk about. And we'll do a little compare and contrast. But absolute nuisance. Thank you so much for sending that over. That was a really cool story. And again, just happen- I literally read that two minutes before I started recording here. Let's go ahead and take a look at another prophetic dream. Which one do I want to do first? Which one's creepier? Um, they're, both, <laughs> they're both pretty terrifying, honestly. Let's go ahead and start with this one. We're going to meet this person. Let's go ahead and call her Alicia. We don't have her real name. She tells the story. She said one day she wakes up in the morning. Her dad goes, hey, Alicia, what's up? How's it going? I had a horrible dream. I had a horrible dream last night. Alicia's like, what? That's a weird way to greet your daughter. Honey, I had the weirdest dream last night. I dreamt that me and you... We were roughhousing. This is a weird dream. <laughs> to be fair, this is a weird dream if your dad has it about you. Not in a creepy sexual way, but I would just wonder if your dad <laughs> if your dad wants to beat you up because what happens is he goes, I had a dream we were roughhousing. And who knows, maybe they do roughhouse. Maybe they're constantly pushing each other down, making each other fall onto the hot stove. Ah, gotcha, dad. Got you with scars for life. They made roughhouse all the time, but the dream wasn't just him getting her in a headlock and giving her a noogie. They were roughhousing on the stairs. And even more dangerous, they were roughhousing as they were walking up the stairs. I've done a lot of roughhousing in my life. I've done actual fights with family members, like full-on brawls with my brothers. 
We've never tried. We've never tried doing an Errol Flynn fighting up or down the stairs because even in those moments of rage when you're trying to literally beat your brother's brains out, we're not idiots. We're not, we may be savage maniacs, but we're not idiots. We're not gonna fight on the stairs. But anyways, him, the dad, and Alicia are roughhousing up the stairs, and he said, "Alicia, you fell." You fell, and I looked at you as you fell down the stairs and landed. I could see, I could see just by the way that your body was positioned, you had broken your back. What a horrifying dream for a dad to have, right? You know, to, to think that any injury to your child, but that you did it. You, you really wanted to get her in that final movie to the pile driver and then let her limp a body roll down the stairs. He goes, I looked down and I saw that I could just tell that your back had been broken. And in the dream, I began wailing, began sobbing in the dream. And I screamed out loud, I wish it was me. I wish it was me. Why couldn't it have been my back that was broken? Why not me? And she's just laying there at the bottom of the stairs. Broken. He woke up, right? It was just a dream. He tells Alicia, man, a crazy dream, right? <laughs> let's fight. Let's go fight right now. I got my adrenaline's pumping. Let's go. Let's uh, start roughhousing. He tells her about that dream. Well, about three days later, Alicia's sitting in the house, and the front door opens up, and Dad walks in. and leaves the front door open as he does, and she's looking at, Dad, are you okay? What? Because he just kind of walks into the house, not saying nothing. He didn't he didn't throw a punch at her. Didn't try to get her in a figure four. He's walking by and she looks past him. Like she looks out the front door. And she sees his bike is in the middle of the street. And she immediately knew something was wrong. Whether or not he was saying anything to her. Whether or not he was in shock or didn't want to scare anything. She, she He did. He was such a stickler about... Make sure your bikes are put away. That was something that was something he always told them after he got them in a headlock. He yelled it in their ear. And and by the way, by the way, I'm not releasing you until you tell me the five tenets of bike safety. She goes, we always got yelled at about even leaving our bikes out in the driveway because they could get ran over. But here I'm seeing his is in the street. So something really bad must have happened. And he walks by and then he just kind of lays on the floor. And she's like, Dad, what, what, what's wrong? And he says, I think I broke my back. He was riding his bike, had some sort of terrible accident right outside the house, and... Was in, he, he was able to, like, I guess probably adrenaline shock. He was able to walk into the house and then just kind of lay down on the ground. And after that, he couldn't move. He wasn't paralyzed. Couldn't move. But he was in so much pain. He's like, I'm not going to move. He goes, it's possible that I can move, but I'm not going to take any bets on it. I'm just going to lay here. He had broken his back. She, she says, Alicia says, listen, I think that that I was supposed to break my back. I think that it was supposed to be me who broke their back in some fashion. 
Not that they were actually going to be roughhousing on the stairs. Not that she was even going to have the same type of bicycle accident. But she was destined to break her back. And her dad foresaw that event through the dream and wished it upon himself. So he broke his back. Which is creepy if you think about it. But it's also, I can almost guarantee you that had Alicia actually broken her back, her father would have the same reaction that he had in the dream. Why couldn't you have broke my back, God? Why her? I would do anything to take it back. Please, please. So, I mean, she it's, it's an interesting... It was the, you know, like, did he foresee it just a back being broken and it happened to be his? Did the dream, was it just a coincidence that he had the dream three days before he actually broke his back? Or was the dream a warning and he did wish it upon himself? But again, I think if the third one is the option, I think he would have done that in real life anyways. Right? He would have taken that. He would have made that wish. In real life, and and he did. I mean, you, you listen, having a broken back is no picnic. I've never had one, but I can just assume anything that includes the word broken in it, it's not fun. You wouldn't want to see your daughter go through all that physical therapy and pain and, and worry and all that stuff. So yeah, he did wish it upon himself. It's creepy, though. And that story actually came... I called her Alicia. It was posted by someone called Packers Fangirl. One. She's the first, she's the first and only girl who likes the Green Bay Packers. But let's go ahead and take a look at one more prophetic dream. One, unlike her first two examples, that hasn't come true yet. Almost like a Damocles sword, right, hanging over your head. Let's travel out and meet a guy. We're going to go in and call him Charles. Charles has a history of having vivid dreams. And he says, I won't say that all of them come true. I have dreams that are so rich in detail that it's like I'm there. And they seem like they're real life. He goes, some of them haven't come true. Some of them will never come true. He goes, I dream a lot about tornadoes ripping through the neighborhood. And there's never been a tornado in my neighborhood. I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about it in the dream. I'm peeing in my pants. But... When I wake up, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm seeing the future. There's going to be a tornado. He goes, but I just have the most vivid dreams. He said, once when I was a kid, I had a dream that my parents were getting a divorce. My parents loved each other. In real life, they're never going to get a divorce. But in the dream, they're getting a divorce. And it's so vivid. The dream is so vivid. It's so painful. Like I'm going through in the dream all the emotions that a child goes through. When <laughs> this has got funny if you think about it. A kid... Not divorce, but I mean, imagine like divorce is, it's hard on a kid. It's hard on a kid. But all those horrible emotions a kid feels in the real world, you're just dreaming. <laughs> Plus, probably Freddy Krueger's lurking around the corner. He's like, ha, ha, ha. He's using your parents as puppets to try to get you. You dream every horrible emotion that a kid really goes through during a divorce. And... Charles, when he woke up from that dream, it was so intense and so real. He woke up and his knuckles were bleeding. Because what had happened was he got so worked up in the dream that he punched the headboard of his bed as hard as he could. Busted his knuckles open. 
He said, a year later, my parents announced they were getting a divorce. Came as a shock to everybody. No one would have ever thought my parents were going to break up. But when I found out, when they told me that they were getting a divorce, I didn't feel that sense of shock, like absolute surprise. Oh my God, I can't believe what's going on. He goes, when they told me that, I instantly got chills. I remembered the dream. I knew this was going to happen. So it's like it had prepared him for the shock. Everyone else was floored, but he had already gone through a whole range of emotions and probably hand surgery related to the dream he had had about them getting a divorce. Now, that's not spooky, right? It's sad. It's sad. Divorce a lot of times can be sad, especially if there's kids involved. But that's not the creepy part. The creepy part is he goes, every so often I have these dreams. They may or may not be true. Well, 10 years ago, I had a dream that I was an old man. An old homeless man. Again, it was a dream that was so incredibly vivid. He could feel every detail in that dream. He was actually living this experience in his own future. He's an old homeless man trying to fall asleep under an overpass. And in the dream, he's kind of trying to get comfortable in the sleeping bag as comfortable as you can when there's no shelter around you. He was rustling around in it, just trying to get comfortable, just to possibly get a little bit of sleep. When two other homeless men show up and rob him, begin stealing all of his stuff. And he's trying to fight him off. He's trying to keep what little he has. But these homeless people take it and leave him. Leave this old man laying in this sleeping bag underneath this overpass. And he wonders, is this going to be a dream that comes true? It had the hallmarks of being so vivid. It had the hallmarks of the same type of qualities of the divorce dream. And he said he has other dreams he didn't mention that have also come true. He posted this online under the name To Olympus. But he said, I had this dream where I was an old homeless man sleeping in the sleeping bag. And... I have that sleeping bag, he says. He goes, that sleeping bag that I had in the dream, I own that sleeping bag now. I've had that same sleeping bag since I was younger. I've had that sleeping bag. I still have it. For years, I've had this sleeping bag in my possession. And then in the dream, that was one of the only possessions I still had. When I was trying to find some comfort some shelter underneath that freeway overpass. I was curled up in that sleeping bag. And in that moment, they took everything from me but that sleeping bag. And that's a real sleeping bag I own today. And he said, this is interesting, he's talking about this, and he says, I keep thinking that I should just throw out the sleeping bag. I should just get rid of it, because obviously this might be an omen 
that this is how my life is going to turn out. I'm going to be some homeless bum underneath the freeway in the sleeping bag. Maybe I should throw it out, but I never do. Remember, this dream was 10 years ago. He's had 10 years to throw this sleeping bag away, and he never has. He's holding on to it for whatever reason. And it is creepy because if fate dictates that that is how his life is going to end up, then maybe there's always a reason for him not to get rid of the sleeping bag. While the divorce dream kind of prepared him for the shock that everyone else was going to feel, he wasn't able to stop the divorce from happening. So he may think, at the very least, if I'm going to be homeless, at least I want to have a sleepy, a comfy sleeping bag with me. But I think he wants to avoid it. I don't think he's going, well, you know, at least if I become homeless. I think he's probably hoping this is one of the dreams that doesn't come true, but it might. And he was older in the dream. This dream he had 10 years ago, he's older than even he is now. And again, you have to wonder... At some point, will this dream come true? Would it behoove him to get rid of that sleeping bag so it may possibly make that future vision become less likely? But do we know how fate works? Do we understand how the future is created? Is it set in stone? Do we sometimes have dreams that... Give us an idea of the future, of what it could become, or is the future the future no matter what? And I think there's arguments for both sides, and I don't think it's super concrete. I think sometimes it may be fixed, and sometimes it may not be. It depends on the person, it depends on the circumstance. I I believe there's a fluidity and a logic and a set course. I, I think all of them can exist. But what does he do? If this is his future, maybe he can stop it. Hopefully he can stop it. Nobody wants to be homeless living underneath an overpass. But can he stop it? Is there a way to actually prevent this? Or is his fate sealed? Because even if, this is what I was thinking when I was reading this, and we'll wrap it up like this. I thought if he holds on to the sleeping bag, if he never gets rid of it, then the dream would totally make sense. If he does become homeless, he would take the sleeping bag with him. It's a sleeping bag. It would be the perfect thing to keep you warm when you're outdoors, a.k.a. homeless. So it's almost like keep just in case you become homeless. Keep the sleeping bag. But then at that point, it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy. The other thing is that he may throw the sleeping bag away, think he's avoided this possible future, and end up homeless anyways. And a couple weeks after being homeless, scavenging things to make his life a little more comfortable, dumpster diving, going to the local dump, What if he found that sleeping bag covered in banana peels and coffee grounds? Maybe you can change the future. Maybe you can fight fate. Maybe you can avoid your destiny. Or maybe not.
it's possible that the universe is directing you towards a particular goal. Or it's throwing things randomly at you, and every so often your brain is able to somehow pick up on a future event and warn you or give you hope that things will get better. But we won't know which outcome is for us. The hopeful one or the one of despair. Until we reach that crossroads and make the decision for ourselves. The subconscious mind may help us prepare for those troubling moments in our lives. But in the end, I believe the path is strictly up to you. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.